Hello and welcome to the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. This is Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every week I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journeys and the lessons that they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide array of moms, it's that no two moms do this job the same, and there's so much to be learned and to celebrate about that. So let's cheer each other on, let's learn from one another, and I hope you realize you are not alone. This is the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. If you like what you hear, please share the show with a friend. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. Yay! I'm so excited to have the original name back. It just feels true to who I am and what my mission is, and that is to share motherhood journeys and to help other women to feel like they are not alone in this. You are not alone. And I hope you'll be encouraged and inspired by all of these women that I interview about their motherhood journeys. I'm going to keep numbering from where we were, and this is episode number 12 of the Extraordinary Moms podcast, and my guest today is Caitlin Connolly. Caitlin is an extraordinary mom of cutie patootie twin little boys, and she is also an extraordinary artist. Her art resonates with people around the world and just strikes a chord in my heart so, so deeply. If you're not familiar with her work, you're going to be so glad that she is on your radar now. She's going to talk about her battle with infertility and IVF and becoming a mom and easing into motherhood with gentleness. It's a great conversation and I can't wait to share Caitlin with you. All right, I'm thrilled to be chatting with the amazing Caitlin Connolly this morning. Hi, Caitlin. Hi, Jessica. How are you? I'm doing really good. Okay, every time your artwork appears on my feed, it stops me in my tracks. Every single time you are a talent beyond words, Caitlin. <laughs> You're so nice. Thank you. I mean that so much. Has your art, it has a very distinct personality and vantage point. And if, and if you haven't followed Caitlin, you need to, but she does beautiful artwork with mothers and strong women and families and angels and just, oh, it's just breathtaking. Has your art always had that type of vantage point or how did you kind of evolve into this lane? Yeah, I've always really loved um, drawing and painting the figure. So, you know, working from that has been something that's been familiar to me for a long time. I mean, even as a kid, I loved drawing people and figures and things like that. Um, I was doing things similar to this when I was doing my um, BFA. And then I went through a progress or a process of just trying a lot of different things and evolving and kind of, you know, it just takes time. But Mm -hmm. this is kind of where I landed Um, just through practicing and putting in hours and having a fun time. Right. I think it is so amazing. And really a lot of the messages that are communicated through your work really resonate deeply with mothers who have suffered loss, who have struggled. And it really parallels your own story as well, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Um, Thanks for saying that. Yeah, I feel like a lot of times people relate to it just on an emotional level. Mm -hmm. Like, that they say, you know, this is how I feel and I didn't know how I felt. And, you know, like there's that visual representation of what's going on emotionally. And that is really fun for me. Mm -hmm. That's kind of special for me because a lot of times I just paint from my own emotional space. Mm. So later for somebody to say like, yeah, this is how I feel too, or things like that. It's just, it's fun. It's, um, you know, I think there's a lot of work right now around emotions and trying to feel connected to each other and learning how to validate each other and to empathize with each other. And I think through that experience, it makes me realize like, you know, we're all just 
we're not that different. Like we're all having such similar struggles and experiences, even if they look different from the outside. Mm. Oh, I could not agree more. And, and I have not journeyed the same journey as you, um, and suffered the same losses and struggles and everything, but I identify definitely on that emotional level. Um, and I just think that is what's beautiful about womanhood and about sharing our stories. We do not have to have walked that same road. There's, there's a painting that you did. That's a man and a woman holding up a world. And I feel like I'm in that season right now. We just moved and my kids um, are struggling to adjust. And Mm. when you feel, and I just wonder like, why am I so exhausted at the end of every day? Like, what am I doing so different that I wasn't doing a few months ago? And I have come to realize it is the emotional weight that I'm carrying, kind of like I'm holding up their whole world. And when they're not feeling whole and safe and stable. I just feel like we're teetering. And so I, that is one painting that just like ugh, grips me right in the season that I'm in. Mm, I'm glad to hear that. Thanks yeah. for sharing. Yeah. So I love hearing kind of the backstory of how you got to where you are today. Um, what role did art and music and creativity play with in your life when you were say 13 or just in your growing up years? What did that look like for you? Yeah, I grew up, I would say, in a pretty creative home. My mom was a uh, flute teacher, and my dad was an entrepreneur, and he also loved, like, singing, and he had a really beautiful singing voice. And so I I feel like we really were um, allowed to be creative and um, be ingenuitive. Uh, And so... I think that was just kind of a part of my, my life and, and I loved it. Um, I loved to draw when I was little, I was, I think pretty introverted. And so going into my room and just being able to, you know, close the door and draw, I think was really like a healing space for me. And then, um, and I, and I played the flute too growing up. And so I, I played music, um, all of my siblings played music. So it was just, yeah, that was just kind of, I would say just the way I understood things functioned. I was musical too growing up and, um, it just brought so much life to my life, light to my life. And, um, so I just, what did you play? I love that. So, so, well, it's a joke because I, I didn't play anything that well. So I'm a singer. But oh, yeah. and I did musicals and everything like that. But I played violin in fifth grade, cello in sixth grade. And when nobody's yes. played cello before, like if you're kind of musical, like you're you can kind of be good at those things. But then everyone starts getting private lessons, and I did not uh-huh. because I had other stuff going on. And so I went from first chair to last chair in a matter of like six <laughs> weeks when they figured out I was playing air cello instead of actual cello because I wasn't practicing. And it was I'm five foot one, and at the time I was like four foot six, and so I'm. I'm going to carry that thing home? No. Why did I pick the biggest <laughs> instrument that was big as I was? I have no clue. So I was not very good That's at those things. That's a pretty fast, yeah. like, downward spiral. <laughs> Decline. Good thing I had, I had other things going before. for me. That's, that's a good thing, but cello was not not my, my jam. But, um, yeah, musical. Yeah, music oh, also played so a funny. huge role in my life as well. Uh-huh. And so you met your husband. How did you meet your husband? So we were high school sweethearts. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually went to junior high together, but we, he was a year older than me. So we, we knew who each other were. We didn't talk that much. Um, but in high school, he started playing in a band with my brother. And so he started coming over band practice, and I was very excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so really that's kind of when we started spending time together. Um, I would play in the band sometimes. So we, you know, we played music together. But, yeah, I mean um, – 
my brother still laughs about how it wasn't that long after they started doing band practice together that eventually he came home one day and my husband's name is Robbie and Robbie was there and he's kind of like Robbie why are you here like I didn't call you like we don't have band practice like what's going on (laughs) anyway ulterior motive I, I love it that is so awesome and so you ended up getting married, and, and I'm sure you had kind of a picture of how you thought things would go. We all kind of do, right? Yeah, so we got married. I was pretty young. I was 20. He was 21. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know if I knew exactly how it would go. Um, we have always just had a lot of fun with each other. We're very passionate. He's a musician, and we've just loved pursuing, you know, just things that we love doing um and so I think it was I remember around maybe like three years after we'd been married and I'd been taking birth control and I I kind of thought well maybe maybe we want to not be on birth control anymore it was just kind of a flippant thing you know and so um so I stopped taking birth control but then it was we went through a period of probably seven to eight more years after that of infertility um, so that was just an interesting experience that we that we had that yeah I definitely didn't expect. Yeah. Um, and and then you know to jump ahead you know then we did we did in vitro. Um, I mean there's a lot of different things in that you know in that time frame. But we did in vitro and then um, we did get pregnant successfully with um, twin boys and so now my baby boys are a year and a half and they're very cute and so <laughs> and now I'm on a totally different ride. So it's yeah. yeah that's been an interesting journey. Yeah. Years and years of infertility. How did you learn to manage both the anticipation and the grief that comes along with not getting pregnant and struggling and facing those challenges and the physical pain associated with treatments and you know all of those types of things with also seeing joy around you pursuing your goals like what did that dichotomy look like how can both exist at the same time and how are you able to do that yeah, you just feel a little bit like a crazy person. Yeah. You just feel a little emotional. <laughs> yeah. And then you just take it one day at a time. Um, yeah, it, there was a lot of ups and downs. And it was, it was. I would just say generally it was a confusing period of time. Um, I think everybody that goes through periods of, I don't know, just the experience around fertility or infertility, you know, um, either direction really I've, I've noticed as I've connected with other women about it that it's very it's so different for everybody you know um, I've talked about this before but I just feel like I've come to understand you know some women want to have kids and they can't some women don't want to have kids and then they do some women think that they want kids and then they have them and then it's hard and you know it's just there's and then you know there's a million other variables that I didn't mention but mm-hmm. the experiences with fertility I think are so complicated and really such a a core part of womanhood and a lot to to deal with um for me specifically I I went through times where I felt really sad I felt gosh this is something I really want and it's not happening and I wish it would happen um and then other times where you know honestly I felt a little relieved like I would get my my period and I'd think well 
I would just feel a little relieved think, gosh, that would be such a life change, mm-hmm. you know, and in the, in the process there, I was, I was doing art and I loved it so much. I loved, love, love. And I still do love making art. So sometimes I would think, gosh, if I got pregnant, could I still even make art? Like that would mm-hmm. be a huge sacrifice. And what would that be like for me? Um, so you know, and meanwhile, I think because I'm processing all of this, I'm painting a lot of paintings about like motherhood and womanhood and, and then I'm, and I'm not experiencing that. And so it's just, I don't know. It's like, it's a lot. I don't know how else to explain it. It's just a lot. It's confusing. Um, but it's a lot. Yeah. Do you think you felt the weight and responsibility of motherhood even before becoming a mother as you kind of oh, toiled yeah. through those same emotions of wanting to have that responsibility over life, whether it's the creation oh, yeah. of it or the sustaining of it. I think both both apply to you being in that motherhood role. Oh yeah. yeah. I definitely felt that a lot. And I think, mm-hmm. um, I think painting a lot of themes of womanhood and motherhood were kind of my way, my ways of making peace with it and coming to understand it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because even though in theory, I think, oh, I want to get pregnant. Now, for example, um, you know, we would go to an infertility doctor this is a few years after we weren't getting pregnant, maybe three years or something, um, you know, went into an infertility clinic and stuff. And they said, great, we're going to get you pregnant. We're going to do this, 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 you know, and we did one treatment and for people that are familiar with this, it was an IUI. And I, after that, it was so emotional for me that I said, I don't want to do that again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we didn't go back to the fertility clinic for like two more years. Mm-hmm. So even though I was, you know, experiencing infertility, um, I think in theory, I probably could have gotten pregnant sooner, you know, if I had just said, great, let's just go back and do this again. But I think it was really hard and emotional. And I think more than being physically ready, I don't think I was emotionally ready. Hmm. Um, And it was so demanding. So during that time, you know, I, I painted a lot more paintings and I also went to counseling and... Um, tried to get a lot more of the help that I needed for like my my soul and my spirit and things like that because I knew on some level I knew I wanted to be a mother but I couldn't really like um, make peace with the fact that I felt really terrified and I felt really scared um, and so I went through a period of time where I I kind of kept diving into that deeper and deeper and then once doing a lot of counseling and therapy and other self-care work things like that I came out on the other side and I went to my husband, and I said, I'd like to do in vitro, which is kind of like the, you know, the grand finale yeah. of, the, <laughs> of the treatments. And we could have gone back and done more IUIs, or we could have tried this, or could have tried that. But I just said, you know what, it's been years, this isn't working. I don't want to go through the ups and downs, emotional things of all of this over and over again, month after month after month. I want to just go in, and I want to get this done and I did just want to see like can I get pregnant if we do in vitro because if I couldn't get pregnant doing in vitro then you know that would open up a whole other Mm -hmm. um series of questions but I felt so confident and ready and prepared that I I'm ready for this I want this let's just let's do this so it was it was a fun transition wow thank you for sharing that wow I think so many women feel stuck in the space of what they're missing out on and so they yeah. do struggle to be like, but how can I use this phase? Like if, if things aren't looking the way I thought they would look or going the way I thought they would go, you okay. chose to pour yourself into something else, into making yourself more whole, to make yeah. yourself more emotionally prepared, like you said, perhaps physically different, you know, who knows? But 
you were not going to let those days be wasted as they were not being used towards what you wanted in turn and instead you're swapping that out for what you what you could control and what you could do for yourself and I think that's really beautiful and I think a lot of us do not take that opportunity on a day-to-day basis to pour ourselves into activity that can move us legitimately forward towards our even our ultimate goal but it just looks a little bit different yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I think, you know, when I was reading different conversations about infertility, sometimes there's like, I feel like this unspoken theme of, you know, if I had a baby, then I would be happy, you know. And I every time I kind of got in that space, I would try to catch myself because I just knew that wasn't totally true, you know. Mm-hmm. I just knew on some level, like, if I felt sad and, and you know, and there's an appropriate amount of, you know, grief for sure. But if I felt sad seeing this family together with their children thinking gosh I really want that I don't know that I would be just that much happier of a person if I had that you know I'd still mm-hmm. I'd still have my things and I'd have my trials and also parenthood looks super hard and turns out it is you know so <laughs> um and so I tried to have the grief that I wanted to have for that experience but then also move forward with finding healing for myself and find joy for myself and and like you said the ways that you can control and and that it really was a huge blessing for me I I I know I talked to some women too that you know they didn't love their job and they were kind of hoping they could get pregnant because then they could stop working their job and life could just go on they want they they want to go on where I felt really grateful that I was doing something that I love to do because I didn't ever feel like oh if I could just get pregnant then I could bum out of this mm. situation that I'm <laughs> stuck in, you know, sure. like if anything, I just thought I love what I'm doing and how can I continue doing what I'm doing when I become a mother? I love that. That is a great way to put it. And I hear from a lot of women too, that when they do eventually get pregnant, like you did, you got pregnant with twins and you're supposed to be completely elated and happy about exactly. every pain and everything. And yeah. then there's the guilt that comes yeah. with not being totally stoked all the time to be puking because you should at least be happy, right? Yeah, that's right. Gosh, I mean, pregnancy is just hard. Whether you've waited for eight years or whether it's, it came eight days after you got married, you know, like right. it's just hard. And I feel for that that guilt, that guilt-ridden mother, because no one needs to feel that when they're already feeling so gross, right? How was it for you? Yeah, you know, I think because, and I mean, I, I feel like I'm painting myself a picture of being like super wise, and I would never like. I would you totally myself, are, Caitlin. Just, just go with <laughs> Thank it. You. Thank you. But I would say this is one area where, for whatever reason, I just felt uh, an ease of a burden there, or I felt maybe a clarity, because, like I said, I knew just getting pregnant wouldn't make me happy. So I think for years I understood that. So then when I chose this active decision of I'm going to do in vitro, I want to become a mother, I want to make this choice, I didn't feel guilty for saying like today I'm freaked out or today mm-hmm. I hate this or today I feel awful or like I think I, I I think I knew going into it regardless of how much I did or didn't want this or whatever these are just natural consequences to being a mother of you know having these physical tolls and these emotional tolls and and I knew it was coming and I knew it would be hard and I knew just because I'd gone through infertility didn't mean that I should have any kind of different expectation for myself to love better or more like what a silly thing to think you know like I'm not entitled to that um like motherhood is just hard and we're all and like entitled just to have our own emotional experiences 
everyone. I wanted to jump in and thank one of our show sponsors, and that is Care Of. Care Of is a monthly subscription vitamin service that delivers completely personalized vitamin and supplement packs right to your door. Give yourself an extra boost this season, whether you're looking for more energy, better sleep, hello, to maintain stress, or something else to help you feel your healthiest. 90% of people fall short of FDA-recommended guidelines for at least one vitamin or nutrient. So you can find out what you're lacking in with Care Of's online quiz to get back on track to reaching your healthy goals. It's super simple. You go online to their website and you are going to take a personalized quiz to help you know exactly what you need. It's super easy. It only takes five minutes and it's fun. They ask you questions about your diet, health goals, lifestyle choices, and then they tell you exactly scientifically based what vitamins and supplements you're recommended to take. And then they send it to you. Also, their marketing and packaging is so amazing because each dose of vitamins and daily supplements is in its own individual little packet and it even has your name on it and it's the cutest thing ever. Another really cool thing is a portion of every sale goes to the Good Plus Foundation, which provides expectant mothers in need with valuable prenatal vitamins. It's so awesome and I would love for you to give it a try. For 50% off your first month of personalized Care Of Vitamins, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter EEP50. That's for 50% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins. Go to TakeCareOf.com and enter promo code EEP50. Thanks so much, Care Of. I would love for you to take advantage of this offer. And during that time of your pregnancy, I think you said you were six months pregnant, your husband left on tour. And so then you're also, <laughs> you know, dealing with all the hardship of being pregnant. I mean, I've never been pregnant with multiples, so I think that does bring on a whole other layer as well. But then you're yeah. on your own and, and everything. So what did you learn about yeah. yourself? Yeah. Well, when you're on your own. I'll just say that was a crazy period of time because we weren't planning on him going on tour. I was about six months pregnant and he just got a message from his friend that was like, Hey, um, cause it's the killers, which is a great opportunity. They're such mm-hmm. an amazing band, you know? And he texted him and said, Hey, you know, the killers are looking for another guy. Like, do you want to do it? And I felt like, you know, you can call it a spiritual prompting or whatever, but I just felt like in my core, in my heart, I was like, oh crap, you totally have to do this. <laughs> you know, and it's not what we were planning on. And I, yeah, like I said, I'm super, super pregnant with twins and the tour would start. Well, anyway, they worked with his schedule, which was really nice. They let him come a little bit late after the babies were born. They were, they were super great to work with, but, um, Anyway, so, but yeah, I mean, basically he left to Australia for like a week, like when the babies were like two weeks old, it was nuts. Um, And then he was gone probably about 70% of the time, the first year of their life. So I was kind of transitioning from being, you know, um, in my studio a lot where I felt very confident, you could say, about what my role was and how to manage my time and what I like to do. And then moving into this new role of motherhood with twin baby boys and my husband's like, see ya, just kidding. I mean, he doesn't, you know, <laughs> yeah, it feels like that. It feels like that. Yeah. But you know, mm-hmm. it's just, it changed everything. So my world definitely got flipped upside down for sure. Yeah. And so in terms of a job where you put your heart into something and you're creating this beautiful thing and then you have this really concrete finished product that people can compliment and adore and it stays put and it it stays unchanged and you can feel good about it versus one baby finally getting to sleep then the other baby starts crying and then you need to feed him and then there's poopy diapers like it's just such a different pursuit 
So how did you, I mean, you, you strike me as a very kind of roll with the punches, zen, like, you know, so how did, how did you deal with that? And what did you learn about yourself during that time? I'm so glad you think that about me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, gosh, motherhood is such a kick in the pants. So <laughs> I think the thing that I like the least about motherhood is how I can't control it. It's so mm. out of control. Um, and I do feel like it's hard for me to roll with the punches. Um, I would say one thing that I've done to help myself succeed in that area is have designated periods of time where I know more or less that I'm rolling with the punches. Um, so I have a nanny currently, um, and she comes like, yeah, like part time, I think you'd say. And, um, so during that time, I know I can go into my studio and I can control the elements, (laughs) you know, I can, I can choose what I'm doing and when I'm doing it and it's quiet and I can think, and that's been really, really, really helpful for me emotionally. Um, so I love that. And then I know during these designated hours where I'm just full-time mom, I know I have to just be open. I have to roll with the punches, but you know, you try to still create stability in there and a routine and mealtime and all that stuff, which is really hard for me. Honestly, it's really hard for me to wrap my, my head around emotionally, like, tasks and dishes and and um, things like that so a lot of aspects of motherhood have been very difficult but I would say those are more like a lot of those things that are the most hard for me are things that I can delegate so I try to delegate as much as possible so that I can just be in my happy space and my you know feeling like I can be spontaneous I can smile I can laugh I can have joy um, as a mother with my children mm. Yeah, I think the the mothers that I talk to that are struggling the most in the seasons of life where I feel like I'm struggling the most or when I feel like I'm getting pulled in a lot of directions and I don't have that compartmentalization mm-hmm. of, and I just feel like there's a hundred tabs open in my head at all times. And so it just makes you so far out of being able to appreciate the present moment because you're thinking about, you know, if I'm playing with the kids, but all the dishes, and then you're kind of resenting playing with the kids because you want to get to the other things and stuff. So I love that you've been able to really systematically carve out time. And yes, it's for your job, but anybody can do this. And it doesn't have to be great lengths of time either. I mean, even having my nails painted, I paint my own nails at home. And just having my nails painted brings me back to like, just a sense of I'm taking care of myself. And it can look however you want it to look. It can be at the end of the day, I know, or maybe even the middle of the day during nap time, I'm not just going to go hit the dishes hard and vacuum and clean, but I'm going to sit down and do what I want to do for 15 minutes and just rest and recharge. Right. So true. Yeah, I know. And I feel lucky because it is my job, but it is just, it is that too. Like Mm -hmm. I could never choose whether or not it was um, self-care, emotional wellness, or uh, financial gain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I could never say which one it was more than the other because it's just turned out to be equally all of those. and, And that's been really great. Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. In our lives, we go through a lot of transitions of seasons. And and like you said, when you weren't getting pregnant, you kind of knew like, well, when I do get pregnant and when I do have kids, it's gonna be a rude awakening and there's like this abruptness. And when you can like kind of acknowledge what will be and kind of what your expectations are for the future, that it is gonna be chaos, it is going to be challenging, it is gonna be this or that or the other thing, whatever that season is, and you can approach it with more gentleness. I love how you use that word gentleness. How have you learned to ease into things, changes, new seasons, new jobs, 
with more gentleness? How would you advise somebody listening to do that? Yeah, I mean, I, I like that too. Like the idea of just being gentle with yourself in every new phase. And I, I, you know, I do this in so many areas of my life and I'm sure everyone does where you get into a new thing and you think I should just be able to do this. Mm-hmm. Like this should just be, and I, I, I love the word entitlement. I don't know why, but, um, <laughs> you know, like I should just be entitled to know how to be a mom. Like I'm a woman. It's my gender. I birth babies. Like I should just know how to do this, you know, or, um, yeah. I mean, the most recent personal experience that I've had is I started working with a personal trainer because, I um, just feel like I've always tried so hard to, you know, eat healthy and work out. And it's been such a frustrating thing. Like, I feel like I never know how to do it. And finally, I was talking to someone that said they worked with a personal trainer. I was like, oh, maybe that's what I need. Like, I need somebody to to help me. And it's like such a mind-blowing thing because I just feel like I should just know how to take care of my body. Like, Mm -hmm. I should just know how to do this, you know. And, um, but my husband and I, we just always tell each other, like, you've never done this before. Like, I've never done this before. And so that's just, like, a motto that we use a lot in our house um, to help us remember to, like, keep us grounded in, like, the reality of where we are. Like, and it's very humbling to say whatever situation you're in. And you can say that every single day. I mean, Mm -hmm. every single morning you can wake up and say, I've never done this before. I've never lived on today, this day, at this time, you know. And even as a new mother, well, it's like two days later, holy cow, your child is completely different. It's like, gosh, I've never done this before. What's happening now? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of hard, but also a blessing to like keep trying to be in that space. But yeah, I was, um, it was, so I've only, I'm like, I work with a personal trainer. I have worked with a personal trainer for less than two weeks. <laughs> but you're still going. A lot of people would have stopped by now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. Appreciate that validation. And um, last week, my, you know, my first week, it was on my third day. I just started crying. And my trainer is so nice and so great. And I really value her. And she has this beautiful accent. And she says, she says, why are you crying? And I'm like, it's so hard, you know. And she just, she always says, it is hard. It is mm. hard. And um, what we were doing is we were just trying to step up onto a bench, right? So she just wanted me to do the thing where you step up, step down, you know, mm-hmm. switch legs, whatever. Anyway, and I just was like, yeah, I get that this is hard. But also, I feel like it shouldn't be. Like, literally, I'm stepping onto a thing. Like, I should be able to step onto a thing. Like, what am I, five? Like, this is ridiculous, you know? And and I appreciate that she was just like, why? She just said, why do you think Why do you think that would be true? Like, why do you think that? Like, this takes practice. I'm like, yeah, but you're stepping on a thing. Like, this year anyway. Mm. And so she was so patient with me. And I just sat there and cried for a while. And I just said, this is so hard, you know? But it just kind of keeps coming back to that same thing of, I've never done this before. And so... I think motherhood has definitely been that way for me. Just keep from every single day, you know, I've never done this before. And sometimes I can hold that in a really like gentle, loving space where I can smile and it feels good and it feels um, nurturing and it feels safe. And sometimes I just get mad and I, and I cry and I feel frustrated and you know, I just, it's hard. So I think that's been really helpful for better or for worse. Yeah. I love that phrase. I want to put it on my wall. You've never done this before. You've never done this before. And it's true. And I think when you have 18-month-old twins and you acknowledge each of their little milestones and you're cheering them on every step of the way because they're learning how to be human for the first time ever and they're, they've only done it, practiced for 18 months, being alive and then walking and holding a spoon. And you've also only been a mother for 18 months. 
You are mm-hmm. new at this. How would anybody expect you to know all the things? And and they're changing every day. And and so yeah, I I think it's so important to remember you've only been a parent as long as you've had children, and you're yeah. practicing as much as they are learning. And we're both we're both at this. We're both at this same game of learning how to do it and do it well. I agree. And I, I, as you say that, I'm like, gosh, I'm way more patient with them at their 18 months than I am with, with myself yourself. at the 18 months, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, gosh, yeah. it's a good thing to remember. It is. Who would you say that you paint for? I know, I've, I've heard again and again, you paint a lot for yourself. But mm-hmm. who who are you painting for? I would say paint for myself. I, I remember I got advice once that... Um, only paint paintings that you want to hang on your own wall. And that made a big, yeah, that made a big difference for me. Um, because it was like genuinely like, what colors do I want to see? What stories do I, and what would I really hang like in my kitchen, you know, and, and look at every day. Um, so that's really the most important thing to me. However, a beautiful outcome I would say of only painting for me is that I feel like all of a sudden things got way better. And so I feel like the more I paint for me, the more it seems like people enjoy even more. And I do love sharing my artwork. I love connecting with other people. Um, one of my like personal um, mottos for myself for like my art or my business or my mission is to connect to self, to connect to others and connect to God or like a higher power. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that kind of is tied in there too, you know? So when I can paint for myself and then it connects to others and it has some connection to some kind of sense of a higher power, like I just feel, it feels so fulfilling. Like I couldn't be happier. Oh, you're doing it. Oh, I just, I love that. I love when your own passions can then elevate others. Like I think that's how you know you're doing it right in this life. And it's whatever that looks like. It doesn't have to be in a gallery. It doesn't have to be on a stage. It doesn't have to be big it can be in the confines of your four walls it can be in your neighborhood it can be in the schools it can be anywhere but when you're able to do the thing that you were uniquely created to do and it can elevate another I I just I get chills thinking about it and I hope we can all find that for ourselves that's right (sighs) yeah I think I couldn't have said that better than what you just said it's like what an experience you know and and on any level you know within your home within your community just whatever it is how, whatever it looks like, I just, it, yeah, what a beautiful thing. I love it. Where can people find you online and find your art? And if, yeah, if people don't, haven't seen this yet. They're wondering, where can I find Caitlin's stuff? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I'm pretty active on Instagram, so that's a great place to start. My name is Caitlin Connolly with uh, Caitlin underscore Connolly underscore um, Caitlin, C-A-I-T-L-I-N. And then on my website, I have, you know, a full catalog of my works and gallery that you can browse, and that's CaitlinConnelly.com. So those are great places to start. Do you have a piece that you're most proud? Because, you know, it's hard to pick a favorite, I'm sure, because that's like picking a child. But do you have something that you're, a piece of work that you're especially proud of? Um, Most recently, it is, um, going back to what we talked about, it is the painting hanging in my kitchen. (laughs) And it's called Women Learning. And you'll see it, um, yeah, on my Instagram if you just scroll down a few little swipes, whatever. And um, it's a woman in a white shirt with, like, a green skirt on with leaves on it. And I just, I don't know why, it just really was one of my favorite things I've done recently. Mm. And so I, for the time being, thought, I don't think I'll sell this one. So I just put it in my house, and I've just been enjoying it. 
Oh, I love it. I'm looking at it right now. Whose hands are those on her head? I don't know. It's a good mm. question. Mm. And I, that's what I love so much too. It's like really open to interpretation, but then we can all kind of also feel similar feelings about it, but yet uh-huh. you really tie into your own life experience. I think maybe her mother died. And I think her mother really lifting her head. I think maybe she's lifting her head up. Like, keep going. I love that. Yeah, a lot of times people say to me, so what does this painting mean? And I'm mm-hmm. like, you tell me. You yeah. know? <laughs> because I'm actually afraid to say, right. I, I don't want to say, you know, this is what it is. And I'm also afraid to speak first. Because I feel like if I speak first, then it's like what I say trumps it because yeah. I need it. And I just don't think that's true. I think, you know, whatever experience you're having with the artwork is accurate for you. And that's what's so great about it. Mm, I love it. Caitlin, I always ask my guests three final questions. And the first one is, what's your purpose in life? I would say my purpose is to connect to myself, to others, and to God. (laughs) Mm, I love it. What makes you smile? My baby boys. <laughs> what are they doing lately that just oh cracks gosh, you up? I'm sure they just get so into so much trouble together. <laughs> fun. My, my, one of my boys just loves reading books. And so he grabs a book and he crawls over on his knees while holding it in his hands, you know. And then he, like, throws the book at me and, like, throws his body on me so that he can, like, sit in my lap and I'll read him a book. And we can just sit there and read, like, ten books in a row. And he just doesn't get sick of it. So cute. And then my other boy is really, like, because that boy I just talked about, he loves um, doing things together. But my other boy, he's very, like, physically affectionate. So that Mm. boy, he'll just play. And then every few minutes, he comes over to me and just does this big smile and, like, gushes, like, and just, like, falls all over me and just wants kisses and hugs for, like, 10 seconds and then he goes and plays again and then he comes back and does it and like five minutes later and we do it all over again and then he goes and plays <laughs> it's so cute See, I think that's so great you've identified their love languages and like your mm-hmm. your parent you're parenting and you could parent the same exact way to both children and you have this you know petri dish of two different kids and you know but seeing how they're so different and yet yeah, and you're responding to those differences I just love that have you seen the movie baby mama kind of older with Amy Poehler you know, I have but I don't really remember the plot the, I have to watch it's it. it's kind of dumb but but the point is Steve Mar- <laughs> Steve Martin is in it and as a reward for something he says you have earned five minutes of uninterrupted eye contact and he just starts like staring at her <laughs> and that reminds me of your son just like let's just engage let's just engage and hold each other and love each other oh, I, love I appreciate it. that That's I love good. it Caitlin, the point of this podcast is to help both the guest and the listeners to realize how extraordinary they truly are. And it's not because you're doing anything perfectly. It's not because of the success you've had with your business or your art or anything like that. It has everything to do with who you are and how you are showing up and the the ways that you, you and you alone can contribute in this world. And I believe when we see our own value and believe in that value, you can be a world changer. And so I want more people to acknowledge that value that they have. So I want you to tell me, Caitlin, one thing that makes you extraordinary. Okay. I kind of want to say two. Is that okay? Please, please. Okay. Mm-hmm. So a quick answer is just passion. I feel like I'm really passionate and I just really like that about myself. My second answer is there was a book that I did a couple years ago called um, The Strength Finders. Have you heard of that book? I have, yeah. 
And I just really loved it. And I, I guess probably because it just caught me off guard, but it told me that my number one strength was being strategic. And I had never known that about myself or I thought that about myself. And after that, it gave me like a lot of confidence and made me feel, you know, I guess like you're saying extraordinary because I thought, oh, I can do that. I can do that really well. And perhaps growing up in kind of a male centric world, like I didn't think it was necessarily my place to be because a lot of perks of being a strategic person is to, you know, like I can organize well or I could run a business or I can plan and I can execute and things like that. And I didn't think of that as necessarily being something that I was inherently, like, um, entitled to, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. So learning that about myself really helped me to feel like I could really, really grow and excel because I thought this is something I am good at and I need to do and this will bring me joy. And so that is my answer. I love that. And it's something that was in you all along and then you saw it in a new way and you started using it to your benefit and the benefit of others. And that's the thing. Like all of these things are just a part of who we are. Like we don't we don't work for it. There's just parts of us yeah. that just are. And when you just bury them or you devalue them, what a waste. I bet God is just like, yeah. what are you doing with what I gave you? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I've given you all this material to be awesome, to be extraordinary. Do it. And Caitlin, yeah. I think you are extraordinary. I think you are so extraordinary in the work you're doing the light that you bring to the world and to others and the job you're doing in your four walls. I really do. Thank you so much. That will just carry me throughout the rest of the week. I'll just float on the angel's (laughs) wings of what you just said. (laughs) And now there's a recording of it. So you can just keep playing it back over and you can play your husband like, see, (laughs) she thinks I'm awesome. And play it for your kids when they're teenagers. I'm going to put that last 10 seconds on loop. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Kiddos. Somebody else thinks I'm awesome. You better think I'm awesome too. <laughs> Caitlin, right. thank you so much for taking the time today. It's been such a pleasure chatting. You're welcome. Thanks, Jessica. What a great way to start my morning. How much do you love Caitlin? I'm sure many of you are already aware of her beautiful artwork, but if you have not seen that, I urge you to go over to extraordinarymomspodcast.com links to where to find Caitlin and her beautiful artwork. She's also on Instagram. Links to all of that will all be over on my website linked over so you can definitely find her and check that out she is just such an amazing talent and just an extraordinary person so i'm so grateful she took the time to share with us on the show today if you don't already follow me on instagram you can do that at jessica dahlquist three and because the name has changed again i would love it if you would share this and make people aware that extraordinary moms podcast is back screenshot the show screenshot the podcast graphic Tag me in it so I can say thank you, thank you, but post it to your stories, post it to your social, and let people know how much you love the show and why you love it. Whether it's this episode or another one, this is all about encouraging moms and helping them to realize they are doing a great job. You are doing a great job. And I would love every mother to know that message and to learn from these extraordinary women I have on the show. So thanks, Caitlin, again for coming on. I'm so excited to bring you more mothers every single week and it'll just be a fun ride. So thanks for tuning into the podcast today, everybody, and we will see you next week for another episode with another extraordinary mom. Bye.